Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Welcome to Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast series. I'm your host today, Kurt Sumner, wishing Tim Best, Tim Birch the best with, he just had appendicitis, uh, I believe it was appendicitis, and um, Trish will cut this out if I'm telling a lie, but anyway, he's not doing, well, he's doing well, but he, he's been sick, so we want to wish him well for sure, and I say that one reason for my guest today, uh, Trent Keenan is with me. Welcome, Trent. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And I, I mentioned him in particular because back in September, uh, Kent joined for episode 43. And I think we're going on somewhere in the 80s now, 83, 84, something like that. Uh, but it's always fun to do these. And uh, so I wanted to give that little shout out to Tim. I know you guys talked about a, a, a wide variety of things. I know you talked a bit about uh, the get kids into survey thing, which is really cool. I know you've been very active in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed the part of, of that particular episode where you talked about visiting high schools and being involved in the, the vocational programs and um, the whole mentoring Mondays thing. And, and that, you know, that I think that's really great because we need more people doing that, working directly with young people, whether they're students or young in the profession or whatever the case. And, and and then I loved your advice. Learn a lot and take your time. Uh, I thought those were two great, uh, great things to talk about. And and in particular, the take your time part, because I think sometimes when people get into anything, it's almost like, OK, I want instant gratification. I've spent my 45 minutes learning everything there is to know. So turn me loose and let me go. And yeah, I just thought that was really good advice, and and I'm assuming that probably comes from from experiences of your own, but also in working with other people and mentoring them. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's coming from you know this this up and coming generation where everything is definitely um, you know kind of accelerated, right? They want they want to be able to come out of college and really turn into a project manager within a few years. And um, I know I, I had recently listened to just driving down the road and listen to kind of a countdown and um, uh, it was on a country music radio station. And she talked about um, getting to finally getting to number one on the radio. And it took her 10 years to get through Nashville. And she was always told when she comes to Nashville, it's going to take you at least 10 years before you're going to get on the radio. And so I love that. Uh, I kind of love that analogy of um, taking uh, it's going to take you some time, right? No matter what you're doing and no matter what profession you're in, you can't, you can't learn everything within the first few months or the first few years. And so I just thought um, whether, you know, like I say, whether you're a country music star or you're a doctor or a dentist or, or you're a surveyor, it's, it's going to take time to, to learn everything. And so um, it's a, it's a, it's a fun analogy to kind of put all that together and just realize that things don't happen overnight. Right. I mean, uh, in, in, I've been in business. I started my business June 1st, 2008, the bottom of the economy. And, 
we're now uh, you know 28 employees and it's 13 years in business and that didn't happen overnight and so it uh, you just have to put all these things in perspective that um, stories and, and building things up take time so yeah that's so true and, and I don't know when you were talking about that it brought to mind the the concept that you have to mix the old with the new yeah you can't all be new you can't dwell on the old necessarily but people really need to understand how we got here and also what happened to get us here. And when we're using the new, sometimes if you, if you don't have good mentors, then oftentimes you don't have the opportunity to understand the mix between the old and the new and why it's important to, to understand the old, even if you come up with a different answer or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and that, that that's one of the things that I love about this profession, right? I mean, we just we just honored uh, Steve Parrish last week uh, here in Nevada at our association, you know, and he's lived in Nevada for 36 years and a true icon for the entire profession. And, um, you know, he's he's slowly uh, kind of backing off on his presentations. He's done 400 presentations in 27 states. And it's, uh, you know, to have guys like that be able to teach and mentor us and in, in, including myself and, you know, even ones underneath me, it's uh, to have the old guard are still around and teaching is, is what we need for this profession. And so there's so many moving parts into this profession that it, uh, it's hard to keep track of it all. So, Well, I would agree. Steve is a stellar person. I've known him. I, I don't even know how many years we've known each other, but it's been a really long time. And he's just been a great person and a great friend all through that. Uh, he and his wife were uh, nice enough to put me up at their place one time when I was down uh, there where they lived at a conference. And we've, we've been good friends forever. And of course, he's done a fabulous job in the Seafence program. Absolutely. Yes, sir. He's sort of been the heart and soul of it almost. I mean, for sure. Obviously, there's a lot of other people involved, but uh, he's the one trying to keep it going for sure. He does. Yeah. And the thing yeah. that he exemplifies, I think, that that I, I sense in, in you as well is just a dedication to it. Just, you know, this is this is who I am. This is what I am. And and this is I, I want other people to learn from my mistakes, from my my victory, whatever I've got to offer, I want people to learn. And he's just that kind of person. Yeah, exactly. I uh, And along those lines, I mean, I've been, I've been a part of our Nevada Association since 2007. And I can remember, you know, being uh, our chapter president, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm under 30 years old and uh, young and shy. And uh, I make it to become their our state association president in 2015. I'm still shaking in my boots, standing up the standing at the podium with, uh, at the time we were a joint, uh, a joint, uh, conference with California. And I had, uh, Jay Seymour, who was my cohort for California's, uh, state president. And, uh, to be up next to Jay, who's, you know, this very bold personality to me kind of standing behind him as this shy little kid. So, um, it was, uh, it's, it's tough, but, um, and then, uh, just kind of, finally coming out of my shell, I guess, to some degree and, and finding something. I've always been passionate about getting into the schools and getting into the um, high schools and different vocational schools like you talked about earlier. And I've always had that passion, but um, to kind of take it to where I've taken it with Mentoring Mondays and all these different things on a, on a national level, it, it really just took coming out of my shell and um, showing people that 
if you have a passion for something, it's going to come out, right? I mean, if you're going to be a presenter, um, be passionate of whatever, right? Present on on something that you're passionate about because it's going to come through and you're not going to be so nervous. And, and that's where I've been able to go through with creating the the platform for Mentoring Mondays or or anything that I do on the mentoring side and the outreach side um, is just, that's my passion and I don't feel nervous when I talk about it. And so it's worked out very well. Um, and so it's, it's helped, helped me get uh, really active and involved across the board. So yeah, that, uh, that exposure thing, uh, everybody who knows me knows I was a preacher's kid. And so uh, early in my life, I was thrown in front of people. So once I got to doing other things, that just kind of was normal for me. But I know it isn't for everybody because not everybody's exposed to those kind of things. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you were sure. talking about the school kids, and I know you're doing a lot with them. And, and uh, we really appreciate in your spare time, <laughs> you just recently worked with with Jerry Juarez and uh, other folks there at the school counselors uh, event. And uh, by all reports, that seemed to go very well. It did. Yeah. Um, really good feedback. So there was over 3000 attendees, all um, school counselors. So it's the American School Counselors Association Conference. Um, it was held uh, here in Las Vegas the last Sunday. I think it was um, like the 11th through the 13th or something like that of July. And so we had um, Trish had sent us, you know, tons of, of uh, material on behalf of NSPS. And then I had brought my sandbox that I had built for our Las Vegas chapter. And so by having that uh, sandbox, it that colorful hands-on experience, no different, whether it was a, a school counselor or when we take it to the schools, it uh, is so hands-on that uh, it just draws them in and it draws the counselors in. And from there, um, you know, we can kind of go into our, our pitch about, you know, why we're there and we're on behalf of, uh, you know, we're exhibiting on behalf of NSPS, our national level um, association, surveyors association. And then we'll go into, you know, do you, are you a, a elementary counselor? Or are you a middle school counselor? Or are you a high school counselor? And then we would, we would have different materials that we would hand out to them. But the feedback was fantastic. Um, lots of, uh, lots of great contacts. I did do all of my follow-up emails. Um, I know Jerry's been working on his. And so we had, um, Paul Byrne, who's a longtime NSPS uh, director out of Nevada. Nancy, who is our current uh, representative um, from NSPS. Um, and then myself, and then of course, Jerry being Trickstar chair and big on the outreach. So um, just very well perceived. And I, I'm glad uh, we were able to get out in front of them. I know I know uh, NSPS missed it last year, but I think it was 2019, it was in Boston and very well perceived, uh, received as well there. So um, those are important to, you know, the biggest thing that, how can a high school counselor uh, promote our profession if they don't know anything about it, right? And so that's why it's very important to get into, into those conferences and, and talk to them. So, yeah, it seems that dedication thing is pretty strong in Nevada, actually. Uh, you know, Jerry's been very involved for a long time in our Trickstar program, and he's just he's very dedicated to that cause. And uh, and then that personality you were talking about when we were in Boston, man, he had him eating out of his hands. The rest of us were folding posters, basically. But uh, he he did a fantastic job up there. And I know you guys did well. Nancy does a great job, too. Um, but uh, but that dedication is important in whatever we're going to do. I, I, I agree with that. And and this, sure. this school counselors thing seems as though it's it's working out pretty well. At least we're getting an opportunity to to talk to people and. Um, the follow-up's always the hard part, right? You, 
you get a chance to talk to people and, and hopefully they'll give you an opportunity to follow up with them. Sometimes you meet people at a conference and they're like, oh yeah, this is great, but then you, you lose track. So you really have to be uh, diligent to try to get contact information from those folks. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was definitely when I was doing my notes, I would write down their emails and then, you know, what are they looking for? And, you know, then I'd come back. So when I was doing my follow-up emails, I could send them the right information. Right. And so, um, that one really, really good contact we got out of there with, uh, was the professor out of LSU, Jennifer Curry, who really wants to do a study on the Trickstar exam, um, in that process. And so that was a great one to, uh, try to get some national science um, funding, you know, grant research money to kind of do a study on Trickstar. So that was a, that was a fantastic contact even coming out of that. Yeah, so. no doubt. And I'm sure that we're going to depend on you and Jerry to help us with that contact in particular, because you guys were the ones who spoke to the most. So of course. Yep. Was really good. But uh, I was going to ask you that now that you've gone through, well, actually you were maybe going through it a little bit at the time, but in your spare time, you've been, been whipping COVID, right? I did. Uh, I got it a couple of weeks ago and uh, thankfully I didn't get it too, too bad. So I was, I was down for uh, probably seven or eight days, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it'll get you when you're not even look, expecting it, you know, and I'm, and I'm a, uh, I do a really good vitamin regimen and I do, you know, running and exercise and I uh, made it for those first uh, like 16 months or whatever, 14 months. And I finally got, I finally got it. I didn't think I was going to get it. I thought I could run away from it. <laughs> you tell me that you'd been, had you, had you done the vaccination or not? I did not, but my parents were both vaccinated and they ended up getting it. So, yeah. 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 That's how I, that, 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 yeah. when you told me that it scared me, actually, <laughs> I, I got it. I think my wife and I got it back. Didn't get COVID, but we got the shots back in April, I guess. Yeah. And, and we've not had any real symptoms, but I do have to say, I felt kind of off ever since then. I don't know if it's my age or whatever, but it's almost like there's something going on, maybe connected to that. I'm not, I'm not sick at yeah. all, but yeah. uh, it just feels weird. I, maybe it's just getting older. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> I can, yeah. blame it. I can blame it on that. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. We had looked at uh, jumping in, uh, in line to get the vaccination and our quote unquote, our age group wasn't open and, you know, we weren't, we just kind of drove back and forth to the office and, you know, we didn't need to kind of jump in line and be, you know, one of the, uh, one of the essential workers to get it right. So we were just waiting our turn and it just kind of sat back for a while. And then this things got busy again as things opened up and never made it back to get there. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was pretty wild for sure. Yeah. And speaking of COVID, one of the things I, you and I may have talked about this before, but one of the things that's been not astonishing, but very interesting is the fact that COVID almost made it more work for surveyors, it seemed. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I, I don't even know the reasons why that happened, but I, don't know, I haven't talked to anybody who hasn't been busy. I know that it's it's unbelievable. I, we're uh, we've been busy and maybe, you know, maybe a step above busy, but thankfully not crazy busy. So nice and steady, which is what I uh you know, just kind of controlled business growth anyway, which is what I enjoy. And so um, we're definitely happy. We're definitely happy with where we're at and, uh, you know, being able to take care of our employees, um, you know, just being able to kind of raise your rates and, and take care of our our DBLS family. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, we. whenever I talk to people about being on the podcast, people are sometimes very reluctant to do it. And, and I always say it isn't hard at all. All we want to do is talk about you. We want to talk about what you're doing and, you know, how things are going with you. Anybody yeah. should be able to talk about themselves, right? Um, 
but uh, it, it is interesting to to see people's different perspectives. I I guess that for me, looking at the things that you've been involved in and and where you are in the profession and all that, what do you what are your aspirations going ahead? You you have your list of ambitions laid out there and targets and that kind of thing, or what's, uh, what's in your mind? Yeah, no. Eventually, um, so in October I'll be uh, sworn in as a WestFed, um, our Western Federation of uh, Surveyors in the WestFed Board. I'll be a Secretary Treasurer on the WestFed Board. So um, that'll take a few years to uh, to get through that. But no, ultimately, um, you know, if you would have, I've always anticipated kind of going through every chair along the way. I've gone through all the chapter chairs. I've gone through all the state chairs. I'm still even back on the chapter chairs and and uh, lots of committees on the state level so i will uh i'll always continue to continue my path whether that you know i'll go through the west fed boards and that'll get me through hopefully to some committees on you know possibly on nsps and go through the leadership eventually i think at, at nsps and so um i will uh i will con continue being dedicated to the profession that is for sure and so um i'm t just recently celebrated uh 25 years in the profession. I'm coming up this October will be finished my 26th, but uh, started in this profession when I was 19 years old. And uh, it, this is all I know. And this is all I'll uh, ever do. And it's been great. It's been a great profession for me. I can relate. Uh, my first job in surveying was the day after I graduated high school. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I went to uh, went to AutoCAD school down in Phoenix uh, after I graduated high school. It was a one year uh, associate's degree in AutoCAD, and I, I went to school from eight to one, and I worked from two to ten. So it was uh, a year for life. It took me about two and a half years to figure out if I really was going to go where I wanted to go. I need to go back to school, so I ended up doing that. And of course, I was had a kid by then, so that made it even more exciting. But right. uh, but I, I think the only reason I bring that up, and and I think we have some commonality in in our perspectives, but. It's just that this is one of the professions you can do anything you want to do. If if you have the dedication and you obviously need to be able to grasp the concepts for sure. Um, and and I think one of the most important things about being a surveyor is communication skills with everybody, particularly those you encounter, whether they're your clients or not, or whoever they may be, is is I don't know if humble's the right word. Maybe that's not the right word, but certainly having that ability to to gauge who people are and, and react to what's going on with them. And um, I, I just think that's critical to, to be effective as a surveyor. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, no matter whether you're, a, you know, uh, just starting out in the profession, you're a, a chief or you're a project manager. Um, it's the communication skills, I think, is where in anything in life, really. I mean, it's what gets you through, um, building your career and progressively get building your career and being able to effectively communicate um with your boss or you know in my instance now being the owner it's communicating effectively communicating with clients and so um being able to have that uh communication skills is something you you have to work on your entire life i mean it's not you know i certainly couldn't communicate in 1995 when I got into this profession and I got licensed in 2004 and I still felt like, you know, I was just a baby and still didn't know how to communicate. So it's something that uh, whether you're reading books or listening to podcasts or listening to audio, audio books, whatever, I mean, you're, you're going to continue to build um, those communication skills um, and continue to learn. So that's why, like you say, it's definitely one of the most, uh, most effective things 
in your career that you need to work on in networking, right? I mean, being able to communicate allows you to be able to network as well. You're going to have a lot of fun with the West Fed board. Yes, of course. Yeah, I've been a, I've been our Nevada delegate for the last two years, so um, going moving up up to the leadership roles now. So yeah, they're a really good group of people. I, I was fortunate enough back in the days early on uh, when I was chairman of the board of governors of NSPS to to visit all the states and get to know the, all the people. And um, I just I, I enjoyed those guys so much. And and they're not unique necessarily, but they're kind of unique in terms of being an entity, a regional entity. Yeah. Uh, you know, you we have other regional entities that are quasi West Fed types. You know, some groups within NSPS or even, you know, I used to be part of the what we call the area three, four governors, which were the southeastern states. We weren't we weren't um, ingenious enough to come up with any catchy name for ourselves. So we were just area three, four. But but all of that interaction with your peers, particularly in your region, uh, is so important. And 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 I, you know, I've said this so many, so many times that when we were trying to keep NSPS afloat there, um Tremendous amount of support came because of West Fed Board uh, through those states, and and a lot of those folks on West Fed were also involved in NSPS, and so there there are groups like West Fed across the country. I don't know if they're as official, you know, as as West Fed is, but I certainly appreciate and and uh, think it's a really great thing to have that regional perspective, so to speak. Yeah, it's been. Uh... It, it's great, you know, a great networking tool as well, right? To just have those different opinions and what's going on in uh, kind of the whole Western United States. And so being on that board is uh, is enjoyable and uh, opens up, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, networking opportunities, like you say. And so, um, you know, and along those similar lines with uh, just kind of rolling that into like Mentoring Mondays where we have the Monday meetings, um, we're bringing people in across the country, right? And so you're getting so many different, national uh, perspectives, which has been really cool on the, on the mentoring side. So uh, lots of different perspectives and lots of different, you know, things happening in, in different, you know, different surveyors are doing things different in each region. And so it's, it's nice. So I'm, I'm wondering is as, as you've done that, um, it, it's kind of typical, but not always happens. Do you ever get surprised when you start talking to people in terms of, what their perspective is or what they're doing or, you know, we all have sort of a, uh, a mindset of how this is going to go. Right. And I'm just wondering if some of those, some of those times people surprise you or come up with questions you didn't anticipate or. uh, Yeah. You know, on, on the, on mentoring Mondays, I would say no, because uh, the people that are joining in are definitely ones that are, you know, definitely, love their job, want to continue the growth of their career. And it, it doesn't matter um, whether it's the college student at, you know, UMaine or, um, you know, somebody like Steve Parrish who joins us probably 60 or 70% of the time just to kind of provide his insight. So it's not, uh, it's for every level, right? And so um, the people that are on there are definitely want to continue their growth and or get back. Um, the you know, the ones that do surprise me are when you make some posts on the Facebook stuff, so, right? And it's the, it seems like the ones on the Facebook side are the ones that hate their job and hate their career and really, you know, really want to bash you and that kind of stuff. So um, Mentoring Mondays is a great platform. Uh, fa- Facebook groups, maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah, I, there are a lot of great things about our communication tools today. 
There's yes. nothing about that, but there's always there that uh, that little thing that can happen or or something not expected, whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and, and I don't know. It's not. I won't say it's hard to adapt to. It's just different for people, particularly in my age group. You know, because we grew up so much of our time not having that ability to communicate with people from everywhere. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. Other than other than a few board meetings, right? When you got together, you know, in, in, in SPS in instance, four times a year, right? And so you don't have that uh, real-time interaction now. Like, I mean, this this profession, you know, in our instance, we have clients, you know, who do things nationally. So it's not just a regional, say, Las Vegas Valley anymore, or, you know, Reno or, or any of that Washington, D.C. stuff, right? I mean, you're you're dealing with clients that work nationally, and so you have to be able to adapt to that kind of stuff. So it's no being able to kind of grow out regionally. And so, and working, you know, part of that is working with other surveyors in other regions, right? I mean, we have to kind of stop looking at all of our surveyors as competitors. I mean, it's, we need each other to get all this work done and to help continue the profession and not have that kind of black eye on ourselves that, you know, that's, that's a lot of the problems is surveyors aren't answering the phones or not communicating or, you know, can't get work done. So, it's creating uh, that network of surveyors that if you can't get the job done, you know, give it to another friend, not a competitor, right? We're, we're friends not at this at this level. And so um, provide a Rolodex of friends who can kind of help that client out instead of just not answering the phone. That's that's the most frustrating thing right now is either not answering the phone or just hanging up saying we're too busy. Um, you know, it's giving that client the giving that client another phone number that can help them. So. Yeah, I hear a lot of interesting stories from my friend Paul Byrne, um, who's there in, in Vegas, and a lot of the things that that he's working on. You know, he's been on the ALTA and SPS committee for a long time, and um, and we're we're still looking for people to be part of that. You know, when as we move forward, because of course Gary is sort of the guy. You know, Gary Kent. But Paul's been on that committee for a really long time, and as as have I and some other people, and so that kind of communication back and forth with, with all of us, I think is important because one thing we want to do in everything we do, but in particular in that element, we want to, you know, we want to get the best people we can get there because, and, and people who have a lot of experiences in doing that type of work, it's not something everybody does. Um, so it's really important to, to have that. Um, and, and he, Paul's also kept me informed a little bit about the, your nonstop, uh, mentality there in, in Vegas. You know, I, I, what is it today? Vegas is the city that never sleeps. Exactly. Sometimes listening to some of you guys, I'm thinking the surveyors there never sleep either. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a busy valley for sure. And, uh, you know, of course with the, uh, the influx of everybody wanting to, to move or, you know, it, the mass exit kind of out of California is definitely spurring our growth as well. Um, the massive warehouse buildings, you know, coming, becoming a huge distribution hub as well. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's not slowing down, not at the moment, anyway. <laughs> is that affecting statewide, or is it mostly around where you guys are? No, definitely. It, you know, I would say it's it's the Reno and Las Vegas area um, are the two busiest areas. I mean, still the center of the state is still really quiet. So, yeah, I never got to go to the what's it called the something the National Bowling Alley thing in Reno. Oh yeah, yeah. up in Reno. Yep. I always, I've, I was never a great bowler. I used to bowl when I was younger, some, but I always wanted to go to that place. And for some reason, I never got over there. But 
yeah yeah it's a uh, i've never been to like the stadium side they have uh we rented out the kind of the party suite down below with our conference and we would do raise funds for basically nevada's association education foundation and california's education foundation we would do it as a bowling tournament so we would rent out that kind of party suite so but not the actual big stadium part i've never never been in the big stadium side either so just the party suite yeah, bowling's another one of those things that I, I like to do, but I wasn't particularly great at it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, we, I, I did the same growing up. Uh, so I moved away from Nebraska when I was 11. But, you know, when you're living in Nebraska, there's not a lot of things to do. So definitely as a kid, grew up uh, playing uh, bowling. And then we've done a few leagues. You know, there's a few like development leagues and stuff that we typically do sometimes every few years. But yeah, it's it takes a long commitment. I mean, you get in those winter seasons in 36 weeks of every Friday or Saturday night. <laughs> it's a long commitment. Oh yeah, it, it certainly is. So what's, what's your best advice for those out there who are maybe struggling through or those who are thinking about coming in to the profession? Um, you know, from my perspective, you're, you're younger than my kids are, so you're young, uh, <laughs> exactly. but, uh, I'm always interested in in people's perspective, and and I know you're very gung ho about the profession. Um, but if you were if you're going to go to a school and talk to some Trigstar kids, or um, and maybe you do that, probably do this already. Uh, what's your primary message about surveying? Um, it's you know it's it's about the how diverse um, your day may be as a surveyor, right? And so, um, you know, jokingly this is professions great for someone with ADHD or ADD, you know, it's it, because you're dealing with so many different things throughout a day. And so um, that's kind of the primary message that we start with, right? Do you like the indoors? Do you like technology? Do you, do you like history and law and math? And those type of things um, are kind of the way we lead into our, our pitch. And then, you know, we can kind of roll in from there and, and really talk about, the different uh, the different paths that you can take as a career, and so um, the best advice for you know people coming into the profession at this point is just you know soak it up right and soak up as much uh, knowledge as we can get from our our senior surveyors or you know that kind of stuff before guys retire. And you know it, I had done that really good research project about seeing you know as as the numbers are declining and. We don't have maybe much more than 10, and, and it's not just surveying, right? It's every trade, it's every profession um, the, with the baby boomers getting ready to retire. I mean, we've, we've really only got, say, a good another 10, 12, 13 years of great, great institutional knowledge that were the foundations to a lot of our profession um, over the last 50 years. And so um, it's soaking that information up as much as we can over the next 10 years. and. Um, these podcasts and uh, mentoring Mondays and things where we can record um, people's almost biography, right? Or life lessons along the way of, of things that they encountered along the profession are, are gonna be great tools um, for the next 10 years, you know, to kind of look back at. So um, it's definitely, for somebody who just got in the profession, it's, it's learning as much as we can and soak it in. Um, and then for the, the that high school student, you know, just kind of talking them through the different paths that we can offer 
um, whether you want to go to college and uh, and you want to become a business owner or you're not interested in that. And so you go down the, you know, the CST track. Right. And so you have um, the we have the tools in place to help uh, people gain knowledge in their profession and you know, go go get your four year degree or go get your CST level four. Right. And so there's two options in this career path that can get you a long way or if you're not interested in that and just kind of being an employee and showing up every day and having a good time, uh, you can do that as well. And so, yeah, right. that's, yeah, yeah that's, one of the things you said there was, was struck me because I don't think we emphasize enough to people who may not want to work outside all the time that there is an indoor component. Yeah. Because everybody seems to think, well, those are the guys standing out there on the street. They're out in the cold, but there's a there's another path. There's a not now. If you're going to be licensed, obviously you got to have some field experience, but you can still be in the profession uh, in a very strong way on the indoor side. And and we don't talk about that very much. No, and you know that's the that's the perception because the clients only interact with the field people, so that's all they know about our profession. Maybe um, other than maybe some emails with the project manager. To, just delivering their product to them or their survey to them. But um, the only interaction that the, the everyday general public has is with the field guys. So um, that is an image as well that, you know, it's an image, a public image of, you know, trying to be that professional um, and trying to, uh, you know, be as, as clean cut and communicate well, right? If you're that party chief really communicating well with the, with the client, because you're the only interaction they're going to have. And so, um, yeah, definitely. You know, like you say, with the, even the, the office side, it's, uh, you know, grabbing the grabbing the students who are going to, you know, it used to be in, that, in the way I got into this profession and, and really found out about it was through mechanical drafting in high school. Right. We had the drafting classes. And so we're missing we're missing that avenue to be able to go back to the high schools in that drafting class. That's where I come out of. It was a college recruiter. Um, after I'd already seen the surveyors walking out to the intersection, I mean, stole told my story a couple of times, but watched the uh, surveyors walk out to the intersection. And then a few weeks later, I had a college recruiter come in and talk about the AutoCAD. And he was in our drafting class, talk about AutoCAD and, and uh, you know, saying, hey, surveyors use this, engineers use this, architects use this. And so that um, we're missing that opportunity um, to go into those specific uh, college or high school classes to talk about something. So nothing good. We'll get back there. You know, it's we have uh, vocational high schools are really starting to take off. And so we're getting into specific engineering high schools and that kind of stuff where we can get back into that. But yeah, I'm missing that drafting aspect. I, I would imagine a lot of surveyors come out of the drafting classes. Probably. So. Yeah, my, my son teaches a, a STEM type program in high school. And I know he has a hard time recruiting because his his counselors don't necessarily send people his way because yeah. they perceive it differently than what it is. And sure. He has to struggle to make sure he gets those students in. And that's kind of what you're talking about, I think. Is yeah, absolutely. Finding yep. that group. Well, I appreciate you being with me today. It's been great talking to you. And uh, we're looking forward to continuing to, to move on and looking forward to working with you in the West Fed side and even on the NSPS side. So we, uh, I would certainly encourage you to seek whatever you would like to do in, in our associations whatever level they may be just and but you know the benefit of that already but i think you got a lot to give too so i appreciate that no i appreciate you having on yeah definitely uh you know i would just suggest to anybody who's wanting to get involved just uh get involved with something that you're passionate about and uh you'll be able to exceed at anything that you want to do when you have that passion 
So that's great advice. Yeah. Thanks, thanks again, Trent. I really appreciate you being with me today. Thanks, Kurt. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.